Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly dose of Star Wars news, reviews, and random spotlights with a brand new episode landing in your earboxes every single Saturday. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, and with me is my esteemed co-host, some may say the actual host of Spark of Rebellion. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm making up the numbers. Welcome, Mr. Gary Aylett. How are you doing, my man? <laughs> You're too kind. I'm very well, thank you, buddy. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. What uh, you, you you listening at home won't know is that we just had a recording faux pas. My entire recording device just quit on me about four minutes into recording this episode. So now you're getting, what are we on, episode 10, version 2. <laughs> Welcome to the world of podcasting. It's all fun and games, isn't it, dude? It's uh, I, I love it. I love this. I, do you, can you imagine being a radio broadcaster? Can you imagine that? Like the pressure of being a radio broadcaster. And something failing sort of on air and... Yeah, it's, that's Ooh. crazy, yeah. It'd be a nightmare. Did you also see the uh, little faux pas where someone called Jeremy Hunt, Jeremy something else this week on live TV? Imagine being a live TV presenter. How do you deal with that? You just apologise and on. carry on. Yeah, yeah just, <laughs> I'm sorry for that, Mr Hunt. I'll see you later. <laughs> what a nightmare. Anyway, we're excited for episode 10. And like I said, every single Saturday in your earboxes, you've got a brand new episode of Spark of Rebellion. Now, if you didn't hear last week's episode with Mark Ramsey from Inside Star Wars, we dug deep into what it took to make that amazing series that is out on the Wondering Network. So please go ahead and check that out. There's a new episode this week, and we did a wonderful interview last week with him. It's still amazing listening, so go back and check it out. And if you want to get involved on the social medias, you know, that social media thing, you can go ahead and just search for us over on anything that you use. Instagram, Facebook, the Twitter. Hit us up, Spark of Rebellion. Just do a search for that, and we will come up, and you can interact. Give us your feedback on each and every episode, and give us your views on the news, the reviews, the discussions, and the random spotlights. And of course, if you want to become a bit of a tribe member, if you want to join the Rebellion, you can do so over on Patreon. We've got some supporter tiers, starting at just a book. And you can support the show for just $1 per month, which means that when we get to 150 bucks, we can reinvest that and we can produce a slightly new version of the show called The Holocron Files, which will push out as extra content just to you as a supporter. So please check it out, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. Now, guys, it's going to be your dance floor this week because it is gaming news galore. It's been E3. We've got a couple of bits of news around The Last Jedi. We've got some kind of news around Galaxy's Edge, but ultimately this is gaming week. So it's uh, it's been an exciting week, hasn't it, dude? It's been great for Star Wars games. We've had, uh, with the, the Jedi Fallen Order reveal, there's been a long time coming sort of, <laughs> because we haven't had a decent Star Wars game out of any studio apart from Battlefront 2 because EA just keeps cancelling everything. This is like the first time we have a decent narrative-driven 
story-based Star Wars game that actually looks pretty good. We'll come on to it in a little while. But yeah, and then we've also had the little snippet of the... We have a, a very small trailer for Star Wars Lego, or Lego Star Wars, should I say? The complete Skywalker saga. So that looks really good. And that prompted me into firing up the Xbox and loading up some Star Wars Battlefront 2 over the last week, uh, or last few days, and uh, just destroying legions of stormtroopers and heroes and villains and whatnot. So yeah, dude, it's a great time for Star Wars gaming. It's just now we've got that little in-betweeny period where we have to wait till the end of the year for Fallen Order and then next year for the Lego game. But it's all good, my man. It is. It is. It's exciting. It's. It, I mean, gaming doesn't get that much attention when it comes to to Star Wars. It's. It's. It's like like you said previously. You know, it's. It's almost a given that if Star Wars on the title, you almost think a studio believes it will do all right. And it's. It, you know, since the the whole uh, EA debacle with with the loot crates, the loot boxes, whatever it was, it it feels like they've kind of pulled the finger out and had to think to themselves, well, wait a second we actually owe the brand a little bit more than that. So it's going to be interesting. And, and I think obviously you've got so much more insight than me on that one. But the first thing to dig into is kind of a bit of old, older news looked at through a new lens. So we know Benioff and Weiss are now doing the new trilogy or what we assume will be the new trilogy, depending on how the first one goes. Knights of the Old Republic, widely, widely rumoured and, and pretty pretty well thought of as being fairly accurate in terms of the rumour. Later, Caligridis writing this one. And if we jump back to May the 4th, obviously Star Wars Day, launch day to this show, in fact, we see Ryan Johnson. He's having a bit of banter on Twitter. He's uh, He seems to have lightened up a little bit, but he's still defending The Last Jedi. You know, he's, he's, he's having a bit of banter with people that are saying, who the heck creates a villain, a, a major villain in a trilogy and then kills him off with no explanation. And he's having a bit of banter back and forth saying, yeah, who does that? <laughs> you know, lol, guess who's back? It's me. <laughs> and But what he's not doing is he's not saying anything about this, this trilogy. As Kathleen Kennedy announced just prior to The Last Jedi coming out that Ryan Johnson was directing a new trilogy. You know, so I, I want to kind of look back at that through the lens of this new info. Benioff and Weiss, Caligridis, Knights of the Old Republic... Was Ryan Johnson directing Knights of the Old Republic? Was he involved in that? Has he been canned? What What do we think the deal is? Was it something separate? We know the release dates for the new Star Wars movies, 2022 onwards or 2021 onwards, whichever one it is, every other year. It's a packed slate. Has he been canned? What do we think? What's that gut telling us? Yeah, this is an interesting one because Disney have only announced one trilogy and we know that is the Benioff and Weiss trilogy which is going to kick off in, uh, yeah, you're right, mate, 2022, every other year from there. So we don't actually know any other details for films. We know about the TV stuff that's coming. But in terms of Ryan, with, with Ryan Johnson's trilogy, it's uh, it, it's hard to, to pin down because, first of all, th- there's no decent foundation for the rumour itself. Nobody from, sometimes you get these, uh, what are they called, like, confirm sources from inside the camp so to speak where somebody who's on on the inside at disney or whatever is you know knows what's going on and then they've they've told somebody and they've told somebody and you know it's kind of depending on how reliable that source is that's sometimes a, a decent thing to go on but uh, this rumor that uh, ryan johnson's uh, uh, trilogy has been canned doesn't it, it's not weighted in anything so it's i think it's just a bit of chinese whispers but um also, Ryan Johnson, uh, just as a person, I feel like he's too nice to to come out and, and buck, uh, not buck the trend, but 
Disney's very secretive and, you know, the NDAs are just floating around everywhere. And I think he's the type of guy that even if he knew it was cancelled, he wouldn't say it. I think he would wait and just toe the line until Disney said, yep, this is cancelled, unfortunately, because of X and Y reason. And then he would say, yeah, yeah, I knew it was coming, but, you know, I I couldn't say anything and blah, blah, blah. So it's a difficult one to pin down because he's very difficult to read. He's a very nice guy. You can't. And even some of his tweets, although they're a little bit salty, a little bit passive aggressive, um, you, you still can't really pin it down. So it, it's a fascinating story and it would be interesting to see how long Disney will go before they say, yes, this other trilogy is coming at this time. Or if they say, actually, no, we're only doing the one trilogy and then we're going to put all of our efforts into the TV stuff and whatnot. So, yes, fascinating times, man. It is, yeah, and I, I agree with the point of him being uh, probably tightly tied up with NDAs. It's, it's, it's a funny scenario with that one because it's rare that you would go so far through an announcement chain. So Kathleen Kennedy saying, quite literally, Ryan Johnson is doing this trilogy, seeing the divisive nature of The Last Jedi and then feeling, you know, it, it, there's a bit of a backtracking going on. It, it's, it's just rare that Star Wars, the brand, with the exception of the Boba Fett movie, which obviously we, we think probably turned into the Mandalorian TV show, you know, and the, the speculation of the Obi-Wan movie, which was never confirmed. It's rare that Star Wars has anything set in stone, which the Ryan Johnson trilogy, even though we don't know anything about it, that was set in stone, that was happening. And it's just, it's it's rare that you see that from Disney when it comes to the Star Wars brand. You very rarely see people going back on that, just purely because it's such a powerful brand and people get invested in it. Um... So it's a weird one, isn't it? It makes you kind of wonder um, whether it is the whole divisive nature of The Last Jedi that's made made Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger and the Disney crew just think to themselves, this brand is maybe a little bit too important to us to be that divisive. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's interesting. We just didn't have the info that we've got now, did we? So it's, it's I think it's fairly odds on that, that this has gone. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the feeling across fandom. And across the industry, it's. Uh, I think it's just too busy as well. It's it. It feels like it's too, too cramped to have a, a, a second trilogy going out. Uh, well, it depends if they're going to put it out after twenty twenty six. That's a different story, but that would mean that he's got, crikey, years and years of unless he's doing something completely from scratch, he's got years and years of of development time to do all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty certain they're not going to slot it in in between the other trilogy. That would just be too, that'd be too crazy. Because one of the things that's cool about the, um, the the release schedule for Star Wars is around Christmas time or the, the summer holidays, whenever they choose to do it, you've got that really cool expectation period. I mean, it drives you nuts in a way because you just want more Star Wars, of course. But you've got that um, sort of cooling off period to digest everything you've just seen. And then you've got the hype train building up to the release of the next one. It's really cool. And I think if you had too many, I think that's the reason why the spin-offs were canned, not just the, I mean, they call it disappointing box office, um, but you know, that's a whole other subject. I mean, they're pretty good, but I think that's one of the reasons why they canned that because it just felt like it was too much of a good thing. They needed to space it out a wee bit. So yes, I feel like it's done, but, we won't know until Mickey Mouse says it's done. Oh, there's no more Star Wars there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just like that. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah, I am the voice of Mickey Mouse. Uh, that's between you and me. Obviously, no one else knows that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. I think you're probably right, dude. And we shall see. Now, the next piece of news 
is back to one of our favourite places, Galaxy's Edge. Now, more details are emerging about Galaxy's Edge as, as, as journalists and, and, and just fans alike are able to go and experience Galaxy's Edge for themselves. And, and there's an article on sci-fi.com whereby they were saying, essentially, you know, there are tips and tricks that you can use to unlock the full Galaxy's Edge experience. And the real crux of this is that everything's got a story. Galaxy's Edge has been has been considered entirely from a canonical storytelling perspective, which I think is really, really nifty. And the article quotes things like, okay, look, you go to the cantina to get some of the food that we talked about in the last episode. Guess what? Here's something around here that showcases that once Vader set foot inside this cantina. Or that, you know, the the the, the person behind the bar maybe once took took part in one of Han's races across the galaxy and all of these different kind of pieces of law and the idea being that you can just ask you can ask people you know the people that work there you can just quite literally ask them tell us more about this or did this happen and they will tell you canonical well briefed answers which fit into the Star Wars law which is just that next level of detail that someone like Disney and Lucasfilm and, and the story team can really really get into it. and and even things like code phrases for you know kind of speakeasy style experiences um and, and it seems to span everything from the prequels right up to the first order the resistance you know everything in between which i think is wonderful um one of the biggest things from, from my side which i thought was really really cool and very very interesting was the fact that they brought back an old favorite character of mine for this experience from the clone wars and then the rebels era which is hondo anaka the uh, the smuggler, the, uh, the the kind of miscreant that causes all sorts of trouble, is a bit of a anti hero, and sometime ally of anyone that has got the money, and <laughs> uh, they brought him back for an experience. You know, this kind of smuggler's run sort of experience. So it just doesn't it just look outstanding, man, and the detail just looks really, really good. Oh yeah, the 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 details around the whole park is amazing, and that's one of the things that they pick up on in this article is that. Instead of just being, instead of having your hand held and just going round that whole area, try and just go off the beaten path a little bit and explore every nook and cranny. And the the details are there everywhere. There was one, uh, there was one section when you're walking through the Millennium Falcon. That just sound, that just sounds amazing when you're walking through the Millennium Falcon. If it's a if you're lucky enough and it's fairly quiet along some of the corridors, you can hear porks that are stuck in the pipes around the corridors, which you wouldn't, you might miss if, you know, you're legging through there just to get to the next bit. And there's other things around some of the language that the crew members use around the, that part of the park as well. Like, like a very um, specific uh, language. Uh, like when someone says to you bright suns, apparently that's what they say around morning time. It's like good morning or rising moons, you know, and the, the, the guy, um, uh, who wrote the article, um, Brian, uh, no, sorry, what was his name? can't remember. Uh, he said that once you've gone around the park for a while, you find yourself repeating that stuff to the crew members because it kind of gets embedded into your into your mind a little bit as you're going around. So uh, I think you're right, the, the devil's in the details with this. And I think the, the best advice we can give based on this article and everyone else that, you know, the other things that we've read is to just try and investigate everything try and go and have a look at everything speak to everybody because there's not just you you have like a main path that will take you through that because it's based on a storyline for you so you've got that main path but don't stick to it just go off and investigate that door over there or go and look at you know what's through that window or go and speak to somebody so 
it sounds amazing. It's, it sounds like Disney have really thought about how to make it a great experience for you without being cheesy or over the top. It sounds like you have to be, you have to embed yourself literally within the Star Wars universe for that small pocket of time that you're there. So make the most of that. Go and look at everything you can and eat everything that's on offer and all that stuff. So oh, one day, my man, one day. One day, one day. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I've got some contacts. Do you know what? I've got a, a friend of mine who I'll not mention on the show because I don't want to get inundated. But it, What did I just say? <laughs> I just said we're not going to mention him. He's not Hamill himself, by the way. It's Hamill, a another Hamill himself. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, we've got a, I've got a friend. I've got a friend in the industry um, who I'm... I'm, I'm I'm, too, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm. What's the word? I'm just gonna. Yeah, Abrams. Uh, Ryan Johnson. No, I should take that back. Uh, it's so, someone that I'm gonna kind of <laughs> just spend a bit of time with in 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 November this year as well. Who's who's actually a, a good friend, and I'm gonna try and yeah, just try and get some contacts for this show to try and try and get someone from the crew of Galaxy's Edge just to kind of do a bit of publicity with us and give us a bit of behind the scenes. Might happen, might not. But I'm really, really, really interested in how they've done that. I would love to talk to someone. Yep. from Disney, from the design team, about how and why they chose to do that. Because let's be honest, man, they could have stuck Star Wars experiences in there and not gone to that level of detail. It wouldn't have mattered. People wouldn't have balked at it. They would have gone and done the the beaten path. They would have gone and done the thing that they're told to do and loved it. But the fact that they've gone this extra mile, I think, is just absolutely superb. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do some of that in the future. And we will get there, dude. We'll get there. We will. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Right. Gaming time. Now, you're the games master when it comes to Sparkle Rebellion. We've had a big week. It's been E3. Obviously, we've had Nintendo's Project Scarlet announcement coming next year. That's 8K gaming platform. Looks absolutely astounding. We had Keanu Reeves. Looked even more <laughs> astounding. And then we had a little bit of Star Wars goodness. So, what came up, dude? What was E3 like for Star Wars fans? So, Star Wars fans would have loved this year's E3 because it's always great when you get a new Star Wars game reveal trailer. And not just the cinematic, we've got some gameplay, which is always good. The trailer that they dropped a few months ago, that was good, but it was just... It, it, it was made specifically for... What was it? There was some event. Oh, it was a Star Wars celebration. Uh, the, yeah, they, they made the trailer around a specific little story line but it was all pre-rendered and stuff so you didn't really see how you would control the character and the force powers and how you use your lightsaber and all that jazz so it was great to see uh, running through one of these levels and i think for the most part because they they also popped out another trailer as well it, it was really cool it was uh you you saw the um the the main character what's his name um uh, Cal, Ellis, uh, what's his name? The main character you saw, you saw him sort of pop up out of the water, and there was these huge ATATs walking beside him, and they were covered in moss and everything. And uh, it was, it looked amazing. And then going back to the gameplay reveal, I'm I'm kind of sort of eighty percent into it in terms of how the game looks and performs. I think from from a story perspective and how we're going to relate to the character and how much we invest in this character. I think that will come down to the quality of the writing throughout the game. But uh, it is great to have another Star Wars game that's not just an online multiplayer thing and not something that EA are about to to can. And 
yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm sort of 80% there because it's made by Respawn, the guys that made uh, Titanfall, and also they did the Apex Legends multiplayer game that's out there at the moment. And as a studio, they're great. They've got a really, you know, the great game designers. They really know their stuff. But it's just their graphics engine. I feel like it could do with a bit of a, a kick up the backside a little bit. For example, there's a bit in the trailer where, or in the gameplay reveal, sorry, where uh, the, the main character's coming through. He, he's in like a little um, sort of cave area and he's walked across a tree log and then he's coming through this door and he's in this massive outside area next and he can see the battle going on down below with the with the rebels and so on. Um, and it just looks a bit flat, to be honest with you. There's no environmental stuff. There's no volumetric lighting. There's no mist or fog. There's no bloom. So it, it kind of feels like... Um, I don't know. It's only an alpha. I think it's pre-alpha footage or something like that. So it could well change. But overall, I think it's going to be a cracking game. I can't. I've pre-ordered this, so I can't wait to to smash through it. But yeah, I just feel like because yeah, Star Wars Battlefront Two looks. I mean, you can criticism aside for the you know some of the choices they've made in terms of visuals. And I know that doesn't make a game, but in terms of visuals, it's 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 miles ahead in some respects but overall dude i think this is going to be a, a good one i just hope that they can extend it a wee bit with some dlc like they did with the spider-man game because that was uh, basically a single player non-multiplayer job so if they can do the same it, this will be awesome yeah i agree man i think it's it's t high time for a, a, a narrative driven star wars game i like that they've brought people back like Saw Gerrera, that was a nice little touch, mm. you know, bringing a bit of familiarity to it, but without being obvious. I quite liked how they've, they've lent into Saw over the last couple of years since the Clone Wars, um, and then obviously bringing him through the other the other media outlets. Um, and I agree on the graphics, I noticed that myself, I think when you look at that gameplay footage, I think it's 13 minutes or so of footage, it's, it, I think they actually say it's like you said, maybe alpha or pre-alpha, and it, it, it is very, very clear, like you said, there is no depth to it whatsoever. But... The voice acting looks solid. Um, the motion looks fairly solid. Reminds me a little bit of the old Tomb Raider style work. You know, when you, you've got the, he, he, there's one bit where at the beginning he, he drags a, a rope over with the force to, to swing over, and you th that's a little bit Tomb Raider. -y. It's not bad. I quite like that. Um, seems to employ a little bit of stealth, a little bit of Clancy style stuff in there, so you're not getting rumbled by uh, by the stormtroopers. So it could be a decent mix. Mm. Um, I noticed that they've now everyone's got a droid on the back. You know, that's a thing now. <laughs> that's um, a thing. Yeah. Th that's a new thing. And, and interestingly, they kept a lot of the uh, the cohesion with the language, so the droids go ahead and slice things, as you would expect from the other media more recently, you know, the, the, the Battlefront 2 campaign and some of the other, other media that we've seen come out. Droids go ahead and slice into things like R2 used to do on the Death Star. <laughs> and... It, it does, it just looks solid. Um, what I'm interested in from uh, from a couple of other angles is is things like the music. You know, how's that going to play? What's that going to feel like? How are they going to... Because, like, you remember the surprise... Not the surprise, but that kind of awkwardness at the beginning of Rogue One. There's no crawl, and you expected a Star Wars piece of music. So it was the first Star Wars movie that we saw that wasn't the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. So we were so used to that, and it was just initially, you're like, oh, all right, uh, Kit, that's kind of weird, but I'm all right with that. It's how are they now going to expand that out? You know, the the, the the Skywalker saga. And the Battlefront game has been able to take on that format. You know, what are they going to do with the music around that, which I think is is another curious one. But overall, dude, I think it looks pretty solid. I'm the same as you. I've pre-ordered it. Um, I think it's going to be 
It's going to be very interesting to sit down and blast through it. I ordered, pre-ordered that and Modern Warfare, the remake of Modern Warfare Call of Duty, which I think is going to be sweet as as well. A couple of nice, nice single-player campaigns. Um, so promising times, my man. It's looking very, very sweet, and the acting, the acting does look solid as well. It does, yeah. So the main character, the the protagonist, is Cal Kestis. Forgot his name before, and uh, he's played by the same guy who did the the Joker character in the Gotham series, I believe. He was very good in that. Yeah. So looking forward to that. And the little droid, just for your benefit, mate, if you want one on your back, is BD1. Hey, buddy. There you go. Nothing gets past you, does it? No, I'm smooth, mate. I'm smooth. smooth, (laughs) Especially when it comes to uh, mountable friends on the back, you know, sticking (coughs) in a rucksack, off you go. It's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Get it pre-ordered, guys. Amazon, and uh, we can play it online. Just hit us up. It'll be a lot of fun to get on there. And and just see, like you said, see what the multiplayer options are going to be like. Um, So what's next? E3 wasn't just all about Jedi Fallen Order, which I think we probably thought it was going to be just about Jedi Fallen Order, but we got a little surprised, didn't we, for fans of of, of Star Wars and fans of the Skywalker saga in particular. What's coming up? We did. Those of you that like building stuff with the old plastic bricks, are they plastic? Or is it some specific compound? Plastic sounds sounds toxic to me. Whatever it is, it hurts like heck when you stand on it. It certainly does. Or if you swallow it. I'm not going to say what end hurts, but there we go. So, Star Wars. (laughs) Lego Star Wars. I keep saying Star Wars Lego. That's completely the wrong way around. Lego Star Wars. The Skywalker Saga is coming out next year, which is a bummer. Selfish. Wanted it this year, but then you can't have everything, can you? You get two Star Wars games in one year. You want everything. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there was a very small passing announcement for this back at Star Wars Celebration. They did a panel with somebody. I think it was one of the guys that was working on the music for this. He was in a panel to do with something, and he very casually just said, oh, yeah, the new Lego Star Wars game that's out, this new nine film thing they're doing, it's going to have this. And everyone was like, whoa, 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 what? There's a new, because there's been a a real fan need, if you like, to have a new Star Wars uh, game out from these guys for ages now. And uh, it, in in terms of visuals, I know we just said about Fallen Order and and this is obviously a very different cup of tea. It's a very different uh, visual style and, and, uh, and the whole design language is obviously centered around Lego, but some of the environments across the Lego games, they're not Lego. So although you have the characters and the vehicles and stuff, they're all the, the usual bricks and stuff that you would see out in the real world. The environments for Lego games are actually real world. So you see mud and dirt and sand and stars and mountains and all that stuff. And I would say this is, you know, as to be expected, the best looking lego star wars game we've had yet uh, looking at some of the screenshots and watching the trailer back a few times it just looks clean af one of the things that plagued some of the early star wars lego games was the just a bit rough around the edges especially with things like uh anti-aliasing so when you have straight lines on a diagonal all that sort of stuff it looks very jaggedy and pixelated and that sort of thing but this one just looks solid dude this one looks as and one of the things that's really impressive is one of the screenshots on endor there's an atst and there's little ewok down the bottom and yeah just the environment the forest environment behind the characters looks like you were standing there taking a photo 
it looks that good. So the game itself, just very briefly, is set across uh, all nine films. So this is obviously going to come out. The re- I think the reason for the delay is because uh, The Rise of Skywalker needs to come out first. Uh, and then this will come out shortly after. So I'm hoping this is going to be Q1 2020. It's all nine films. It's not a remake or a redo of the other Star Wars games that we've had up previously. This is all new missions, all new stuff, and it just looks glorious. I think this is, for me, going to be one of the highlights of next year for, for gaming, dude. I absolutely lo- I love the Lego games in general, but this one looks like the, the daddy, the daddy of them all. Nice, man. Yep, nine films to go out. Heck of a lot of content, heck of a lot of characters. And uh, the Lego the, the Lego games have never let anyone down. Everything from Lego Batman, Lego DC, everything Lego. It's just, they've just all been solid, solid games. So, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think this is going to be a very interesting game to play. And it's one of those games that you can play. Anything Lego is one of those games that you can enjoy on your own or play with the kids or play in a group. And they're just really well-rounded games, aren't they? So, yeah, looking forward to that next year, man. All right, let's dig into the review and discussion then. So kind of fulfilling the, I guess, the story side of Jedi Fallen Order a little bit more. So digging a little bit deeper into the mythology of Star Wars, which I think is always very interesting. They recently announced that the Jedi Fallen Order game is actually going to enjoy its own five-issue prequel comic which I think is rather interesting because they're doing this with everything now. Obviously, it's on Marvel Comics. They've still got the licensing deal from the 1970s. And they, they, they're going to put out this, this prequel comic, which is called Dark Temple. And weirdly, it doesn't focus on Cal Kestis. What it focuses on is it focuses on some other person, some other ally, some other thing. We don't really even know. Is it a Jedi? Is it a Padawan? What is this? But it's looking like it's probably a Padawan called Sarah Junda. So C-E-R-E-J-U-N-D-A. I'll pronounce that entirely wrong. Um, <laughs> who is apparently, like I said, kind of with a pinch of salt, a Padawan under a Jedi master called Eno Cordova. Um, and it's all about evacuating a Jedi temple or a temple, you know, does it take place around Revenge of the Sith? What's the what's the dealio with that one? So it kind of looks interesting. I'm curious about the story beats. You know, what are they going to do with this? How is it a prequel to Jedi Fallen Order? And in particular, why does it focus on this character and not Cal? Because Cal Kestis is a brand new creation as well. Um, and it interests me because around that same time, we are also going to get a Snoke prequel comic which is due to come out around the same time, of course, as uh, as The Rise of Skywalker. I couldn't remember the name then. So you've, you've kind of got all this content coming out towards quarter four of, of this year. There's a heck of a lot of stuff. So what do you make of the comic, man? What, where's, where's your mind at with that? Yeah, this is an interesting one because you would assume that the comic would focus around the protagonist from the game to try and reinforce the whole... Uh, the the whole storyline and building up his character and fleshing it out a bit more outside of the game. So it's it's an interesting move to focus on the game and the, the setting and the era, but not the... I'm, I'm assuming that he will pop up in the comic at some point. And it's a... What do you say? It was a five-part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming he will be there at some point <clears throat> because the character that this does focus on... Um, what was her name? Is it Seri? Sia? Seri, yes. Yeah. Sarah, Seri, Sarah. Seri Junda. Seri, yes, yeah, Sia. Or something. <laughs> We're going to get slayed over that, I'm sure. 
but big time, big um, time. It's, it's probably Sarah, isn't it? Just spelled weirdly. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's weird because they, she's um, like she she becomes a mentor, if you like, to Cal, uh, and this is all during the rise of the Empire. So the two characters are linked together fairly closely, but it's interesting to see why he's not front and center, and it's also interesting to see another. Uh, Jedi, another Jedi master, if you like, Eno Cordova, who has not been mentioned at all, really, across any of the other. Um, you, if you went and asked a bunch of Star Wars fans who Eno Cordova is, they'd probably say, "I don't know who Eno Cordova is." So I think it's good in a way because we get to see more characters from the universe and more stories. That's never a bad thing. I'm just wondering if it's if if five issues is enough to get this story, whatever story it is, rocking and rolling to a decent conclusion. I'm I'm assuming it is. I'm not dissing the uh, the writers in any way, shape or form. It could be amazing, but I just feel like a little um a little five parter on characters that we don't really know anything about isn't quite enough to to flesh them out. But we'll see. I mean I'll certainly pick it up. It's only five parts, so get these pre ordered. But um yeah, we'll see. Are you gonna get this? Yeah, I'll probably get it on digital. I've, I've had to stop my comic collecting over the last couple of years because I'm running out of space in my house with all the books. I buy that many books and stuff. <laughs> so I kind of, when we, uh, I think around around DC Rebirth time, 2014, 2015, I think I stopped collecting the DC stuff. And I'll buy the odd one and the odd series now and again, like the Joker Damned stuff or Batman Damned stuff. But it was uh, it was interesting to me, some of the, the stuff that you mentioned there. So around the fact that this this lady, Sarah, Sarah, whatever we call her, Sarah, um, <laughs> She's a, a Padawan in this. So I'm curious about when this takes place because she's a mentor to Cal Kestis who in the game has been professed to have just become a Jedi Knight. Like he's a very newly minted, you know, he's just past the trials. He's a Jedi Knight. Just. You know, what time frame does this take place in? How does that kind of dynamic work? Um, what happened to Eno Cordova? You know, were they part of the purge? Is this set during the purge? Because they said, you know, they've thrown the word temple in. I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions. And I've, I've got to believe that they'll be doing something around Cal in this. Because it seems crazy not to. Or they put another intertwining series out like they've done with the Star Wars and the Vader stuff. You know, where they kind of use their own separate lines, but they do cross over every now and again. Um, so I don't know. But it seems to be a trend. You know, there's a lot of this stuff going on, man, where you see prequels to everything you see prequels <laughs> to prequels and it's you know we quite literally saw a prequel book to rogue one there was catalyst and you're like wait a second that's a prequel to a prequel and it, I th- it's just nice to flesh the universe out but at the same time you're like Argh. unless this is good it just feels like it's kind of dollar bleeding um so i do think disney have got to be careful about that they've got to be careful about oversaturation with the brand and i know guys like you and i'll, I'll, I'll dive straight into it but there's always that risk of like putting people off with where do you start? You know, there's always that risk. So I think they've just got to toe that line. But overall, it, you know, it looks interesting enough. It looks curious enough. It looks like the artwork's going to be. I mean, it's Marvel, so it's it's it's, it's of a standard. It can't be can't be a bad comic. No, no, I don't think so. I think it will be quality wise. It'll be good. It's just viewed more as a companion piece, I suppose, to the game. So not. I don't think it will stand on its own for for too long. It, but it will just be a good. Especially if you love that, if you end up really falling in love with the game, then this would be like a must-have, I suppose, as a companion piece. But one thing I'm surprised about, and just very quickly on this, is that 
and this is up uh, you and I's alley, is there hasn't been any podcasts announced mm. for this sort of thing because that seems to be growing the, the, a, a small mini-series podcast as a companion piece seems to be getting a lot of traction these days. Mm-hmm. And the best example I can give is the recently released um, Chernobyl podcast that accompanied the series. So they knew full well that that was only going to be a five-part podcast series, but it was a great way to support the characters and the story and so on. So I'm surprised that they haven't done, like game studios haven't done like a month or two months before release, release the Jedi Fallen Order podcast, which has got interviews with the devs and designers and so on, really gets you in the mood, ready for the release. But a comic is just as good or could be better. Who knows? Yeah, we will see. We will see. And it's an interesting point with the podcast. There's so many networks now popping up. And in fact, Apple have now even announced their new categories, which include TV recaps. Um, uh, you know, yeah. so you've this is a huge trend. I agree with that. And we'll see if anything comes from that one. Uh, so overall, quite interesting. Looks quite cool. Interesting uh, to certainly, at worst case, get it on a quid digital download and just have a see what it's like as a Star Wars fan. Obviously, we'll be reviewing it as it comes out. I'm sure we'll dig into... Uh, to, to issue number one as it as it pops up on our radio over the next next few months. So check it out. That's the Jedi Fallen Order prequel comic, which uh, which is looking very interesting. That's called Dark Temple. Go and check it out. Now, we're going to dig into the random spotlight in just a second, but just a cheeky little reminder that if you do want to join our little cheeky rebellion, you can come and join the tribe by heading over to Patreon. We've got various ways of supporting the show starting from just $1 per month where you'll get your name on our website and you're going to get uh, represented with the other the other force sensitives over, over there. So if you do want to get involved, you can get involved at any level right up to being an exec producer credit on the show, get some kick-ass merch, get to choose and even record a segment for the Random Spotlight and all sorts of other goodies. Go and check that out, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. So... The Random Spotlight is uh, something that, like I said, I think made its first appearance in the Revenge of the Sith movie. In particular, it's the scene of the, the famed battle between uh, former brothers, Master and Padawan, Anakin and Obi-Wan, the planet Mustafar, which, guys, I don't know about you, but it, it was, it was kind of one of those passing things where you just think in Revenge of the Sith, it's just kind of nifty to have a planet that looks like that, and it acted as a really cool backdrop for the, the fight and for everything else, but obviously as, as, as further media has explored it, the Clone Wars and Rebels and some of the books and then Rogue One, we find out that it's got a huge dark side energy. We find out that Vader got his castle on there, which is obviously designed around the old Ralph Macquarie stuff, and you you, you just, Mustafar gets its due as the literature dives further into it. Um, so I, well, I put this on here because it's, it's one of those complete juxtaposed planets from everything else that we see. You know, it, apparently it was once covered in huge bloom and fauna, but it's now this lava-filled planet. It's been mined to death. The resources have been stripped. So it's not Naboo. It's not Alderaan. It's not Tatooine. It's this. It was. It's the first time we've seen just a kick-ass planet, which is why I put it on here. So Mustafar, my man, random spotlight. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, first time you saw it? I believe so, yeah. If you're referring to Mustafar that... Uh, is in the Mustafar system uh, in the Outer Rim Territories, then, yeah, that'd be the one that we saw in Revenge of the Sith. And, yeah, that was just a very fleeting um, moment of, 
it, we didn't get told anything about that at all. The only things that we got told about that from the movie was that the 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 dudes from the from the thing had had taken up base there. What was it? You know the uh, the Trade Federation was it? So they were there because uh, Palps sends Anakin over there to kill them all. And then that's then the scene of the the epic fight between him and Obi-Wan. So we don't get told anything at all about... Uh, maybe that's due to time constraints because at that point in the film, there's obviously a lot more stuff going on. There's far more important things to, to, to have going on rather than somebody sitting down and giving us a history lesson on Mustafa. But yeah, I believe that was the first time we saw it. And then since then, like you said, we've seen it in various um, uh, forms. I think the... It's popped up in, I, I know that it's popped up in the Darth Vader comic series where it's shown that that's his, um, I think it's called Fortress Vader. He, he labels it very um, unoriginally. And that's his base of operations from here on in. And I think it, the only other time you see it is in the fan film that Star Wars Theory put out a while ago. That was set on Mustafar and you got to see inside his 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 base or whatever the castle we want to call it. Um, but then you also mentioned that it's also got some, uh, some uh, origins from, it, it's more than just a, a planet that we see within Star Wars, isn't it? It has some kind of force meaning, I believe, or, or is it force meaning or it has some kind of, um, of thing associated with it because it's, yeah. um, where is it? It has. Is there people that live on Mustafar? Mustafarians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there used to be as well. It's yes, right. interesting when you look at the history of it because the, the, the Mustafarians did live on it and then it became either mined to death or, it, you know, it, it was basically run to rack and ruin. Uh, instead of being a planet full of fauna, it just became this volcanic rock. Um, and it, it's it's mentioned in a few places as well. So you have, like, in some of the literature, you've got Tarkin putting a, an imperial fleet stationed above Mustafar. Um, and I think because it's in the same kind of system as it's around Tatooine area, it's around that whole, um, that part of the Star Wars galaxy, um, mm. you know, Geonosis is another one. So it plays a part in the Death Star, you know, where you've kind of got the, the Death Star is parked behind Geonosis for a long time and it's parked. Then it's, I think it does end up some, somewhere around Mustafar with, with Tarkin. You see it in the Clone Wars, you see it in Rebels, you see Death Watch, uh, or the leader of Death Watch and Darth Maul. They've got a little base there, you get Kane and Jarrus going there in Rebels um, and kind of battling one of the Inquisitors. And it, it's all in, it's all because of this tie to Vader and this kind of dark side energy that it's got. And I, this is, don't quote me on this one, but I believe that Vader's location of his castle is over a dark side well, if you like, which is why it digs into the earth, or not the earth, but the must, must, yeah. must of earth, and it digs into the ground, and it, it, I think it's over a dark side uh, energy well. And then, of course, you see it in Rogue One. You know, you see you see Krennic almost getting choked to death, as <laughs> Vader is wanting to do, a miserable sod. You see him uh, <laughs> give Krennic a, a, a taste of the old force choke, on Mustafar. So that's interesting to me because you see the castle in live action for the first time as well. You see that Vader, holy crap, this guy's got a home. What? what? <laughs> what that? I don't think there's an Ikea on Mustafar, so what's going on with that? So it's, it's just a nice little rounding out, you know? Everything from that Ikea is in black. Yeah, black or red. There's none of this white, polished, 
acrylic over anything. There's none of this silver nonsense. It's just black on black. It's a bit of a doctor disrespect thing. It's black on black on slate on black. Nothing more. <laughs> you can just imagine that. Vader walk in. I ordered black, not this black <laughs> slash brown color. This is not black in the wrong light. You have failed me for the last time. <laughs> Krennic's a great character, you know. Yeah, he really is. And when you dig into his, just like he's almost like a little mini Palpatine in his <laughs> manipulations and his little kind of the ways. Uh, just he's a player, isn't he, dude? He got screwed by Tarkin, didn't he? Big time. Tarkin was an sob man. Tarkin, like when you read the books and stuff, Tarkin was just an absolute pain in the derriere. He was like just ruthless, dude, and he's like some skinny old guy. Ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. It really is, but uh, now Mustafa was a an int- made an interesting impact. So it always, I always find it interesting when they do things like this. Well, they'll introduce this throwaway thing, like we talked about blue milk. That was just a laugh. Let's let's be honest. We just know that was just a laugh, and then it just stuck. And it's you know this is this is probably the same thing. It's like oh, there's a cool planet there. Look at it. It's a volcano. We should probably do more with that. Well, we've got this animated series. We could do a story arc that involves it there. Uh, yeah, all right. That seems all right, Pablo. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do that. So it's, uh, yeah, I like stuff like that. So Mustafa is the random spotlight of the week, my man. And I think about, that's about it. I think we've got a, uh, we got, got through everything there. That's been an enjoyable one, actually. It amazes me. How, how does it, how does 45 minutes come around this quickly? What is going on? Well, time goes quick when you're flying through hyperspace, pushing all those buttons on the Falcon, listening to the count, Dave's yeah. counting them. As you're pressing them. Yeah, on your way to Mustafa. Yep, ready to whip the separatists and take over. Yeah, I I totally understand, man. Time goes Save the princess and, you know, down a glass of that blue milk. (laughs) Or suckle on the teat of whatever animal produces the other blue or green milk or whatever. Well, on that note, suckling of teats of animals, that's been a wonderful, uh, wonderful session, mate. I've really enjoyed that. Now, thank you so much, team, for uh, for joining us. We're, we're loving all the support that we're getting. We've got some some big shout shout outs to to all of our patrons who are supporting us over on Patreon. If you want to be one of those, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion, and it will really help other people, other fans of Star Wars, to discover the show. If you leave us a cheeky little rating and review, we've got five in the UK podcast store already so thank you so much to everyone that's done that one and in the US store we've got some as well so please fire up your podcast app take 10 seconds to give us a 5 star rating and 20 seconds if you get the time to leave us a positive review we would massively appreciate that and uh, Gary thank you so much dude it's been a pleasure it has been as it always is each and every week my man so it's it's been great chatting through all things Star Wars as usual and if uh, you want to find us out on the interwebs as well as Patreon, you can see us chatting Star Wars throughout the week. Just head over to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. We'll pop up there at some point. Just give us a like or a follow, and get involved in the community. Join the rebellion; it's a it's a great place uh, to chat plenty of Star Wars. Uh, until next week uh, for episode eleven, I won't be here next week because I've got some stuff going on. I'm moving house. I'm off to Mustafa to get a tan, so I won't be here next week. But Mark will be here. Um, chatting with potentially a, a guest of his own choosing to wax lyrical and everything Star Wars. So um, until then, have a good one and may the force be with you always.